Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello, 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 and paraphrasing phrasing one Cornelius Fudge. It's back. SDL's back. As you find us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get us, we're we're on it. Great content all the time. Feature shows where we just did the Mount Rushmore tag teams. That was a barrel of laughs in that show, and there's some good debate on it. And there's a the tag teams miss tag teams put in. It was it was all it was all fun. As uh, Central came back as well, it was all good. It was all good. Everything's all good on ESSR. Check the YouTube channel because we've got Book It coming out. Also, we just had Sarah going up against a mystery opponent. I wonder how that will be. You have to watch it to find out, even though it's been out a week. But we move on. As always, we are joined by David Campbell. Good for you, Jack. Good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me, if you ever cared to ask. I would. You're a damn sociopath. You're a damn sociopath. That's my thoughts. Start the show. I lost my mind. I spent the night. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next, someone that doesn't even know who Olivia Rodrigo is, David Hockney. How are we doing? Yeah, I still no clue who they who they are. So it's a she, but it's not the, a they. Well, yeah, well, you never know. I mean, are you, are you used to be your gender? No, I was thinking you meant as a band. Apologies oh. to everyone. <laughs> It took something wrong there. I meant as a band. Great start to the show. Yep, smash and start. <laughs> but maybe someone that knows different to us, our guest for this week, Ross McLeod. Do you know anything else in that matter? I mean, I've got deja vu when it comes to Olivia Rodrigo. I am. Um, ah. Unlike her, I didn't get my driver's license last week, but it is good for you that I'm here. A bit of. I'm not a sociopath, unlike David Campbell, you know what I mean? And if you can't, can't tell. I've been tortured by Olivia Rodrigo since she became a mainstream star. I've had my wife's Alexa more than once. Do you know what that says, Ross? This is jealousy. It's literally, it's got to the point wherever she has people in and look, the drinks are flowing. She'll just go, play driver's license, and everyone will just go, no! <laughs> She's annoyed everyone with it. Oh dear. But enough about Olivia Rodrigo and oh, maybe we should bring out an ESSR show about that High School Musical TV show. She was on that, wasn't she? Yes, High School oh, yeah. Musical TV. Yeah, machines. great idea. Uh, why not? But we'll talk about the draft and I, I won't go to the other two on this because we spoke about them a lot, but I'll go to you, Ross. Uh, and ever present, the top three, Drew McIntyre, uh, my captain on eight points. Some thought he'd maybe lose a bit of steam, but he seems to be kind of carrying on Top of the table on 87 points, Bianca Bella behind him 74. 13 point difference. Do you think that Drew McIntyre will be the top scoring competitor this draft season? Um, no, no, I don't. Um, I think he's losing the money in the bank. He'll lose at SummerSlam, I believe. Or if he does win, it won't be a big title match. So. I, I don't see him being, you know, the top scorer this year because in past seasons, you know, he's been Royal Rumble winner heading into WrestleMania. He's been WWE champion for the majority of seasons. He's always had that title match to fall back on. He doesn't have that this time. As I said, he's not winning money in the bank, or at least I hope he's not, because uh, I think it's just it's time to move Drew away from that title picture. 
unless he's going to smack down the draft, in which case, you know, he needs to be kept away for a while. So he will be at SummerSlam because obviously it's going to be their WrestleMania that they're not going to have, not not going to have Drew on there. But I think he'll be in sort of a exhibition match. Uh, who knows, maybe against a returning Brock Lesnar could be interesting, but it won't have that, you know, big title match point thing that was so coveted whenever you got Drew McIntyre in the draft. I reckon it will be a don't hinder the gender against Drew at SummerSlam. <laughs> I reckon that's the way. That's the way it will go. But what a come down. <laughs> <laughs> but I will come to you next, David Hockney. Jimmy yes. Eight points. Ooh. Yes. He was my first transfer from last week. I immediately put the captaincy on him following the, the end of the transfer window. And lo and behold, it's already working for me. Like, obviously, you knew when he came back, you know, Stephen picked Jey Uso as his third round pick, I believe. And, you know, he was racking up big points on his own because Jey Uso got 36 points uh, right before the, the transfer window. And largely because of all the appearances he was making alongside Heyman and Reigns. And Jimmy Uso appears to be replicating that. Uh, just on SmackDown alone, he got four appearances. And with the captaincy applied, that's what bumps him into the top three on eight points. So I think this was definitely a, a wise move going forward. And hopefully by SummerSlam time, Jay comes back with him and then they can take the SmackDown tag titles off the Mysterios and I can at least end the season not in the bottom half. Some 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 big aspirations, but I think uh, Cal was we seen that the our top wrestler of the week. I believe there might be someone that has bigger aspirations of not finishing in last position. Scott McLeod's new captain Miro nine mm-hmm. points after successful title defense on uh, Dynamite. For yeah. I, I I think this is this this could be the biggest get of the transfer window, Miro. Well, a transformation for Miro, no longer the best man now. The Redeemer could signal a transformation for Scott McCoy's team. What Scott, I think, has done well, like, less experienced draft competitors, sometimes we get caught up in sort of, like, voodoo. You know what I mean? Like, see bad past experiences, they cloud our judgment on what to do drafting going forward. Like, if you had a bad experience with wrestling in the past, it might stop you from doing it uh, in the future. Scott's had a lot of trouble with that TNT Championship in the past. He's made no bones about that. He used to say it constantly in this show, particularly the Lance Archer incident um, of a couple of seasons past. (laughs) But... He got the first option in this transfer window. He picked Miro, TNT champion. It was a smart decision, uh, and he was smart to put the captaincy on him right away. And I think if Scott was to make a push up the table, it's going to be Miro who's going to anchor uh, that effort for him. And just to add to that, the last transfer window season, uh, Cody was drafted when he was the TNT champion, and he had the captaincy on him, and it was consistent title defences every week, and that's what kept racking up points. I think Scott's going to go with this strategy uh, for the second half of the transfer window. And he's only within half a point of getting out of last place. So I think this is going to be... Uh, it's a tale of two drafts for Scott McLeod here. I think he's going to bounce back uh, on the road to SummerSlam. Yeah, so we'll look at the, at the table now. As as Dave was saying, Scott's 102.5 points, only half a point behind ninth place Sarah, who's 103 after trading away. I, I don't even know how many points was traded away during that transfer window, but it's twenty-seven. A, a, I think it was a bit of a fall from grace, perhaps, as she she could be higher up. But we'll see if a transfer strategy works out. But we see a seventeen-point difference going into eighth position for David Campbell himself on one hundred twenty points, with the uh, our very own David Hawkney three points above him in seventh position, one hundred twenty-three. 
Ross, you're on 128 points this week in sixth. With a bit of a gap up to Ryan Dugleish, who finds himself in fifth position, 145 and a half points. Then another climb up to Gary, who's on 167 points. Third position, Ryan Gallagher, 179. Second position, Stephen, 181. And I am still at the very top, 230 points. Oh, you're running away with it, Jack. And I actually think you're scoring higher than Stephen did in the last transfer window season. I don't know because I believe he had Bailey then, and Bailey just like yeah. carried his team like all the way, all that the was way the all, all-time uh, biggest scorer, wasn't it? Bailey that season as well. Yeah, but in uh, all fairness, the transfer season's a lot longer than other seasons, so it's more opportunity true. to accu- accumulate points. But it's, I believe, Stephen's best score ever was two hundred forty-six, and that was in the last transfer window. So, Jack, at this rate, if Drew picks up a couple more wins, you will overtake that. But the interesting thing about Jack's team, Dave, is that, like, see if we look at the where people would be in the points they had without a captaincy, the the gap is shortened. So I think what Ross said about we've said about Drew losing steam. If it does happen, that is where people could catch Jack because his team is disproportionately doing better because of the captaincy being on Drew than it would be if it was on someone else. Like I, I don't think this is over yet. Having said that, Jack, forty nine points, some buffer. I think when you when we when we look at it, obviously on my team. Before we go to the listeners, like sorry, Dave, I'll just have start a conversation about my team. And I like yeah, talking that's to right. myself. Campbell will want you to keep talking, so we don't have to do the listeners I, league. I, yeah. I like to talk about myself a lot, but we see a young bucks in thirty five, Alexa Bus on thirty, Adam Page in twenty two, my new boy Roderick Strong on three, Candice Array on thirty. So like, if the caps in young bucks, I'd, I'd be like what seventy or something like that. So that's like seventeen points behind. So it'd still be some sort of gap. But as you said, I've got a chance to overtake Stephen in the points overall, and that's helped with Loray and the Young Bucks defending their titles next week. And I don't think they'll be losing that, so that's potentially more points. But yeah. I don't, I don't want to big myself up any more than I already have. You know, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. But we need to find out who's doing well in the Listeners League, Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. They've missed it a couple of weeks. A lot of stuff's happened. Take us through what's happened. Yeah, so we've had a bit of a break for the listeners' week, uh, given that the transfer window gave them an opportunity to shake up their teams a bit. Now, I don't know the sort of full sort of uh, mechanics of how they organised their transfer, because it was sort of uh, you and Stephen Wilson that over oversaw these transfers. But uh, I'll just go through the a couple of the couple of the changes well at the bottom at the minute we've got anthony fitzpatrick 84 and a half points you know the transfer window hasn't seemed to have done him any favors but ironically his team's called the outworkers and he's sitting at the bottom so mm, doesn't really suit the the team name unfortunately but uh we'll we'll jump into the top five uh, and we'll see how things have shaked up since because obviously the hell in a cell pay-per-views happened since then as well so in joint fifth we have Tom Brock and the Tilburg Trappers and Robert Shaw with the Jesters, both on 188 points. Now, both these guys, you know, listeners, league veterans, you know, and they're showing themselves to be still pretty strong contenders uh, throughout. So Tom has finally made a change. He's got uh, Kyle O'Reilly brought in instead of Daniel Bryan. You know, that was a much needed trade-off for him. He's kept Drew McIntyre as his team captain. And that's, uh, I think he's made quite a quite minimal changes so far, but it doesn't seem to have hindered him in any way. So I just hope the addition of Kyle O'Reilly, you know, he's got a match with Adam Cole at the Great American Bash. Uh, how that will play out, you know, I think maybe the rivalry will keep going, but it's a, it's a must-needed need, must change for, for Tom there. And as for Robert, uh, 
he also kept Drew McIntyre as his team captain. He's he's brought in Indy Hartwell in round three, someone who's been vastly overperforming given where she was drafted. And I think their association with Candice in the way is what helped her out, helped him out there. So going into fourth place now, we have Adam Callier with P45, someone who's sort of been quietly working their way up and sort of been in around the, the top five, but now he's finally back in there. He's put the captaincy on Tony Schiavone, somebody who... I don't think any of us would ever have expected, you know, from a management or a commentator's perspective to have done so well. Uh, but he's now done that, and that's boosted him into the top top five. He's got he's now got Omega and Callis as his tag team. He's got Raquel Gonzalez as his first round. He also has Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho. Quite an interesting mix, given that, you know, Kevin Owens announced on Twitter that he was going to take a break, but on SmackDown, he just qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match in a last-man-standing match. So maybe he's had a bit of a stroke of luck there. So third place, believe it or not, it's Ross Brady and the talented Mrs. Ripley. He's no longer in first place. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, so, shock horror. Oh, my yep, goodness. Shock horror, yep. What a moment. Honestly, and, this, this would be a devastating announcement if anyone gave a fuck about the listeners league. <laughs> but this is interesting because the only change he's made is he switched out Damien Priest with Tony Schiavone. Again, a very smart transfer, but in another interesting move, he switched the captaincy to Matt Riddle. Now, that I'm finding a little bit baffling because why didn't he just take a page out of, uh, of Adam's book and just put the captaincy on Tony Schiavone, given that he's clearly the much higher scorer? But my reckoning is he's put the captaincy on Riddle with the assumption that Team RK Bro is probably going to win the tag t- titles at some point, which is probably long-term thinking. Uh, but, you know, Ross has been a pretty good competitor this season. I think we shouldn't rule anything out just yet. So we'll see how that goes. Second place, Jonathan Swift with Swifty Tombstones Lee on 207 points. Now, his team captain is Bianca Belair, obviously second highest scorer of the season thus far. Very good captain to have. His tag team is Lashley and MVP. And he also has Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Damian Priest and Randy Orton. Now, I think he missed an opportunity to trade out Damian Priest, given that, you know, there's been rumors he's been dealing with injuries. And Kevin Owens, you know, he's been very much... Uh, on off when it comes to either staying or going for going away for a while so it's i think jonathan might you know be tentatively holding second place but again it's all dependent on you know where uh the other team's competitors perform but the new leader of the listeners league just two points ahead of jonathan is jp with shirts and balls out when on 209 points so the the points gap is very very much, much more competitive this time around. And according to, according to his team, he's now put the captaincy on Tony Schiavone as well. So I'm starting to see a trend when it comes to the changing the captaincy round. And he, his team involves the New Day, Charlotte Flair, Britt Baker, and both members of Team RK Bro. Somewhat of a, uh, a very big scoring team, you know, quite similar to Ross Brady in a lot of aspect. But obviously his tag team, Charlotte and Charlotte Flair, are the sort of two key differences there. Now, New Day's been a very high-scoring tag team thus far, and they've got a match on Raw against Lashley and MVP. First time I think they've competed as a tag team this season, so that should be interesting when it comes to points. And Charlotte Flair is obviously still very much in the Raw women's title picture, so maybe he's looking long-term there. But it, all I can say is the Listeners League has now got a lot more competitive uh, as on the second half towards SummerSlam. And I really hope this continues because we could see, you know, the, the top five changing week by week. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting going forward. So on that note, back to you, Jack. 
Yes, 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 yes. Who will be joining the illustrious people at ESSR next season when it is purgatory season? And I just remembered that it's purgatory season next season. And is this the season that you want to win the draft when you could be relegated next season? Who knows? But the Leicester League could be relegated next season. Who yeah. knows? We need to work that, the kinks of that out, actually. That's something mm-hmm. to, to suggest going forward. You know? no, I, I re- no, you know what? I think the, way, the best way to do it is if whoever comes bottom in the Listeners League isn't allowed to compete next season. Just simple as that. Stone cold. Yeah, fuck off from our game. Don't talk to <laughs> <Yeah>. us, loser. <laughs> the, the ultimate loser of the Losers League. Jeez, yeah, and we'll send them a complimentary wooden spoon. Yeah. And we're, I can come out of your pocket, Dave. It's not, hey, I'm not. Hey, if I might be the West End Country Club's well funded. Oh, Jesus. And on that conservative note, uh, <laughs> from, from Hockney, uh, Ross, you asked to come yes. on SDL this week. Welcome. Welcome back. How, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> you know what? I am. I am absolutely splendid. We also the transfer window week just happened. You made a trade taking Kevin Owens out and uh, bringing in Adam Cole. What was what was your what was your thinking over transfer the week? I know you, when you were on the SDL before, you said you're wanting to keep keep your team as it was. You wanted to see how it would go for the long haul. Yeah, I thought we'll see we'll see how we get on because uh, very my sort of participation in the draft and my my level of interest in the draft never comes from where I'm sitting. It always comes from how interested I am in the product, and when I'm not interested in the product. I kind of forget about the draft. Pardon me, but I knew like the likes of Kevin Owens were appearing regularly. He was winning number one contenders matches, but then losing title matches. You know, Charlotte Flair's, as always, and about the world, uh, the women's title scene. The New Day, they're going to start picking up valuable points, I think, with Kofi being in the WWE title match. I think... Like for the next couple of weeks, they're going to be appearing multiple times as a team. And the wrestling MVP and Lashley this week, I think that's a win either by DQ or by pinning MVP. Um, Kushida started off like House and Fire. He sort of cooled off. I'm hoping the new diamond mine means a feudal bubble away there. And then if you know if he loses the title after the draft, I, I couldn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> and Beth Phoenix, just a consistent point a week, point a week, point a week sort of, sort of draft pick and I think people thought I didn't know that Kevin Owens was taking a break because people were like, yeah, yeah it's not as if you've got anyone to get rid of, Ross David Campbell, not that's as if it. you've got anyone to get rid of, aye that's fine Ross, that's fine, I saw an article uh, late Tuesday night saying <laughs> Kevin Owens was taking a break I knew <laughs> Kevin Owens was leaving. It wasn't Ryan Gallagher posting about it. It wasn't <laughs> anyone spilling the beans. You know, I do a show called Central. I'm the only one that fucking hosts it now. I'm up to date. <laughs> it's a good gig for you. You know, it's consistent work. Yeah. Exactly. I Fuck off. I'm not a fucking hobo. <laughs> <laughs> I welcome back, Daniela Westbrook. It's nice that you've got this good morning Britain job. Um, and so I knew he was leaving and I thought, right, I'm just taking my notes for, for Central the now. I'm going to trade out Kevin Owens. And 
I actually asked to come on because I've got a fucking bone to pick. Because I did say on Monday, my exact words were, I think I'm not going to make any transfers. And Stephen Wilson just went, well, we just skip Ross every morning. Ross did not answer. David Campbell answered. I think that's best. Let's just skip Ross every morning. (laughs) So on Wednesday, when I woke up to take my rightful place, as I believe I was third bottom at the time, when I woke up and said to Mr. Stephen Wilson, by the way, I'd like to make a transfer today. He went, all right, cool, it'll never be Friday. Thursday's trade day. I went, what about today? Well, we've missed your turn. Do you mean I've missed my turn? There is no indication. Every other trade should have been null and void, and it should have went back to me. I did want Roddy Strong. Jack got Roddy Strong, but I did have three backups. I had Adam Cole. I had Suzuki from the Diamond Mine. And I had Aziz. He was like my third choice backup just for very rarely going to wrestle, but he's all, always going to get consistent appearance points as like, Apollo Cruz is heavy. But, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to come on the show, just, the, just to dispel the rumour that I didn't know Kevin Owens was leaving, that I was, you know, floating through this draft, just not giving a shit. I cared about the draft. I just didn't care about the product. And also to talk about the the transfer embargo that was unfairly put upon me. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? So like exactly. Frank Lampard, I have worked within my restrictions. Might not be winning the league, but I'm going to give it a damn good shot. We're going to get into those Champions League places. Oh and God. I know, obviously, Kevin Owens, we, we, we discussed it before the start of the show. It looks like his break's going to take place after Money in the Bank. Kevin Owens, you know, he, I believe he's been in two IC title matches that he's lost, a singles match and a fatal four-way. So he lost me points there. He lost me points at Hell in a Cell when he lost to Sammy. He's not going to win money in the bank. So, like, I'm not worried that he won a last man standard match last night because I believe Adam Cole is winning at the Great American Bash and I believe they're setting Cole and Kyle up for, like, a sort of you know, the draft's coming up. I believe it's going to be like a loser leaves town match. I believe Adam Cole's heading to the main roster around about draft time. Oh, my God. You got right there, what kind of noise is that? No. Jesus Christ. No. Anyway. Because you know, um, you, know, you know what happens when folk go to the main roster? They get ruined. Oh, my God. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm speaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, um, I believe he's going up and, you know, SummerSlam taking place on a Saturday this year. Don't see a takeover happening the weekend of SummerSlam. So, you know, much like Kushida, if takeover the next week and Adam Cole loses, well, the season's over. I couldn't give a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think Adam Cole will get me some big appearance points uh, in the lead up to, obviously, Great American Bash and then the fallout from Great American Bash. Well, I, I think Great American Bash is Tuesday, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's it coming Tuesday. Yeah. So, like, I think what I'll, I'll 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 talk about your transfer thing first, and I'll ask for the the two David's opinion. I even though I got Roderick Strong, I I am inclined to agree with you that it is unfair for for what happened. I know you said you weren't looking to make any transfers, but I don't I don't agree with 
the the way that it was kind of like even like there was a surprise that Roderick Strong came back and he's been put in such a powerful position. So why shouldn't you had the opportunity to draft him in the first place? Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I have benefited from that, but I fully understand your gripe, and I'd be making the same gripe because like. For all for all intents and purposes, if you said no, nothing, I won't make any changes to begin with. But then that big change does happen. You would like that chance to at least contemplate making that trade, even if you weren't going to do it. So I, I'm inclined to agree with with how you're you're feeling, Ross. But I, it's just it's unfortunate for you that I've, I've kind of benefited from that in a way. Yes, yes, it's nice that you're sitting on the fence, look. Well, it, it's easy to be happy and take the moral high ground when you fucking benefited from it. <laughs> but uh, Campbell, I'll come to you first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as as Ross said, you're 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 happy for his position to be skipped in the draft window. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm happy for anyone. It's definitely personal. I'm screwing anyone over. Um, I do have a, a big holistic question to start with, Ross. There was a period where in this draft's history, you were the best players have never won a season you had that run through seasons four five and six where you're up there second third and fourth uh, consistently you were third in the very first season but it does seem like that title has went to gary uh, and in a sense sometimes grant uh, in the season since that run while you've sort of slipped down the table a wee bit what do you think about this perception? Like, does that fire you up when it comes to the draft to try and get that win, or do, or do you just sort of take every season as it comes? No, I just take every season as it comes because you know, for you know, David came out. Uh, David Hockney, you know, we didn't think Charlotte Flair was going to win the Royal Rumble, and she did, and it happened on the same night. <laughs> Drew McIntyre won the Rumble, so he flew right up the table at the last minute to win the draft started off like house on fire from the rumble mania season and then finished seventh so you like you never know what can happen in these drafts you know and i think like the top sort of i say the top three i, I don't include ryan gallagher because <laughs> i'm going to include gary as the top three no, in fact, no, because he's 167. The top two, Jack and Stephen. <laughs> Stephen's consistently good. Jack's, you know, running away with it this year. But everyone else, they're sort of close together. Like, mm. there's less than 20 points between me and Ryan Dalgleish. That, that can be caught. Gary's on 167. Ryan, if he didn't steal... T- Ryan was clearly playing bamboozled. With Sarah, <laughs> all of Sarah's points. Um, if Ryan didn't take twenty-seven points from another player, he'd only be twenty-two points behind me, and uh, sorry, ahead of me. So it's a sort of. I think we've all suffered this season because of releases, and you know, it, Vince McMahon has said, or apparently said, he knows the product's bad, but he's saving his good ideas for yeah. when the fans are back. So I think we've all sort of suffered from this meandering season. There's not really been a, you know, you mentioned Indy Hartwell. I mean, she's she's part of the tag team champion, so it's not exactly a, a surprise pick. She's mm. more, um, she, she's more a surprise in a season of non-surprises. You know what I mean? Like because it's it's the people that have been consistently booked that are still getting consistently booked and everyone else is just sort of there. You know what I mean? No, like, okay. we, we've said before, don't take gambles on the mid-card champions. Yet, the mid-card champions seem very secure at the minute because 
there's no way Vince is going to waste a title change until the fans are back. Absolutely, hundred um, so percent. Yeah, we just yeah we just this yeah, season. Yep, yeah, well, yep. Just saw Isaiah Swerve Scott win the North American title from Bronson Reed. Right, but we're talking about Bronson Reed coming up to the main roster. Uh, so that yeah, was sort of a, a means to an end. And does anyone have Swerve? No, no, nobody's no. got Swerve. He's undrafted. But Sarah did well, have Bronson Reed. Oh, it doesn't matter. So, like, to my point, this this draft season's going to really bloom and open up, I think, when the fans come back. I think the weekend of Money in the Bank, we're going to see a lot of points. I think the Friday, the Friday, uh, was Money in the Bank Saturday this year or is that Sunday? It's a Sunday. That was Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So the Friday, Sunday, Monday, uh, with crowds back, I think you're going to see a lot of points, a lot of points uh, for a lot of people because I think there's going to be a lot of big matches and I would, I, I, I hesitate to say it, but I think it's almost going to be Attitude Era-esque, some of the title changes we're going to see in the lead-up to SummerSlam because yeah. with, the fans, with the fans back, I think title changes are going to happen thick and fast. But here's the thing, you say that, and I have one last question about your team. Um you do have someone competing for a title of Money in the Bank, and that is uh, Kofi Kingston versus uh, Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. There seems to be a story developing between the New Day and Bobby Lashley, MVP trying to tempt Kofi over. Are you worried that the New Day could split up during this season and that would sort of derail your momentum of the, your team a wee bit? Because they have been your highest scoring uh, draft pick so far. Mm, not really, because... You get points if the tag team appears together. So if Xavier Woods runs out and attacks Kofi, or if Kofi and Xavier are cutting a promo next to each other, they're on screen at the same time. So I still get my points. He's, he's, he's true, you know. I do have another title. I do have uh, Edge competing for the Universal title. Yeah. And I know Edge has been a sort of point of contention because I think... We all we all seem like I, I was mentioning how the consistently booked people, your Lashley's, your Drews, you know, your your Roman Reigns, they've they've benefited for the fact that it's a very sterilized booking at the minute. It's just a case of look, guys, let's get through this last couple of months of the Thunderdome and then we'll pick it up when we get to Money in the Bank sort of thing, or the, the Friday before Money in the Bank. Um and when you look at that round two, you know, Jey Uso, he, he's the consistent guy that gets takes the pin or, you know, take, gets beaten off a, off a Roman's uh, opponents. You've got Seth Rollins, who lost twice to Cesaro and beaten Cesaro twice. So he's sort of like evening out his points. Um, he's in a Money in the Bank match next week. Cesaro... I mean, I, I, who picked Cesaro? I did. I'm so I don't think that's a good pick. I'm so, Cesaro is a a yo-yo competitor when it comes to booking, like on a non-draft thing. Yeah. So in a natural draft, I think that's it's a poor choice. Alexa Bliss doesn't wrestle as much. She's sort of taking on the fiend mantle. Uh, Asuka, who was traded out. Bailey, who's lost two title matches and is probably going to lose a third. Britt Baker. I mean, she won a women's title, but it's like the first time she's been picked in all the drafts when she's actually done anything of note. Apollo Crews, two title wins, made up for it, but 
like I said, beware the mid-card champions when we get the fans back. And Big E uh, been stuck in that sort of four-man storyline of Owen, Zayn, Apollo and Big E in the title picture. And I think if Big E wins Money in the Bank, great pick. If Big E doesn't win Money in the Bank, not a great pick. I think Big, e's, Big E hinders on where he sort of finishes in the Money in the Bank's uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match, sorry. Um, so looking at the round two picks, I don't... Edge, yeah, wasn't there half the season. But, you know, I think his run from now until SummerSlam, he's going to, be at the end of the season, look a lot better than some of those second-round picks. It's, it's, that's, that's, it's an interesting one. I do think that... I don't think he's winning money in the bank, and the, the, the strong at money in the bank. The strong rumor is that he's going to get up to face Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. But like, I I, I don't know how how high it will be compared to other round two picks. But I, I do think that it's it is perhaps strategy wise better worthwhile keeping Edge than than trading him out. But I'll go uh, Hockney. I'll, I'll ask you is there anything that. You want to ask about the the, the transfer embargo that he was he mm-hmm. said he said he was put under, or the, the the captaincy change that he's now made? Well, I think I appreciate the the captaincy change to Adam Cole because the last time Adam Cole captained a team, that team went on to win. That was the the famous Knack Queen Cole from season three, the the one with the oh, the aforementioned <laughs> the the aforementioned uh, team with the two Rumble winners of twenty twenty as well. But my question is actually about. Uh, your fourth round pick, Kushida, someone who's sort of been sort of like a, a solid foundation, you know, as a sort of later round pick. You know, he's got 22 points. He's the cruiserweight champion. But with the reveal of Diamond Mine on NXT just before the transfer window, did you not consider possibly trading out Kushida, given that Diamond Mine and Roderick Strong could be the ones to take the cruiserweight title from Kushida? Um, no, because I think. It will, it will happen, but I don't see it happening anytime soon, if you get me. I think they're going to have Diamond Mine come in. There's going to be segments where, you know, Kushida's, you know, trying to get them for attacking him. I think Kushida will start appearing multiple times per show if he's involved in this feud with this, uh, excuse me, with this new trio that they want to put a good focus on. And then I think the title loss will happen after the draft season finishes, or at least I hope so. But and, you never know, they could have a SummerSlam takeover the Tuesday before SummerSlam, kind of like what they did with Stand and Deliver before WrestleMania. They could, but see, at the same time, we're talking about Kushida. I'm just looking at my team here. We're talking about Kushida maybe losing a title. I said to you, thick and fast, the title changes will come. And two, my top two scorers, The New Day and Charlotte Flair, you know, if the New Day don't break up, the New Day are only ever one match away from a tag title reign. You know, we've seen that before. Charlotte Flair, many a time, the title's just been put on her. I wouldn't be surprised to see, I don't see them finishing the season as champions, but seeing the New Day and Charlotte Flair maybe win a title throughout the season. So I think that might balance out if Kushida loses the title. So I'm banking on certain things. If the the rumours of WWE saving their you know best television for the road are true, okay, that's fair enough. 
So it's like a so it's like a a short term hit for a long term gain. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, oh, I appreciate that. That's uh, I think that's a good strategy. I believe with with that is there anything else, Ross? I don't know if you were wanting to mention anything else. No, no, I ranted about all the things I wanted to. You know, I, I scattergunned everyone, um, blamed everyone but myself. I, I've I've had a I've had a great time playing Neil Lennon today. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ooh, that's careful! Listen, there because Neil Lennon is an arsehole. Uh, so. Jack, do we still have the band list on this show? Why would that ban Ross for saying that? Well, you wouldn't, but exactly. maybe myself for exactly. myself. David, oh, why? Why would I ban Ross for saying that? No, I, I, I did not abuse any privilege here, okay? <laughs> no privilege was banned. It was, uh, it was... Ross well, McLeod, player of the year. Now he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. I think on that we'll 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 end it there. We've 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 gone on for too long as it is. But, but, but an SDL near 40 minutes is a it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. But we'll end it there. It's been a very good show. Uh, Ross, thank you for being our guest this week, coming on, venting your frustration, having good good conversation. No, not at all. I've, I've quite enjoyed breaking down the the thoughts behind my team. I can maybe put an end to this drunk uncle thing that I've been called about 20 times this season <laughs> by David Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> will he always be a drunk uncle, David Campbell? He will always be a drunk uncle in my eyes. Me and Ross McLeod will be feuding, you know, for the the rest of time on this draft. And the day that Ross McLeod wins this draft is the day I will eat David Hockney's hat. Is this the the, the hat that, that Gary shit in last week? Oh, no. Well, no. no, I eat Gary shits too often for too really For God's <laughs> sake. Oh. Well, on that. I bid you adieu, but listen next week we've got a, a return, a return happening, and it's it's all it's all going down. It's all going to be very good next week. So make sure you tune in. We'll see you then. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell, and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're gonna to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.